Hello, working people of Southwest Washington. You're listening to episode 38 of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, with nearly 200 radio shows and podcasts for working people just like you. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm Harold Phillips. And before we get started, we just want to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guests' unions, or employers, not even their hamburgers and hot dogs, no one but theirs. And why am I talking about hamburgers and hot dogs? Because it's Labor Day weekend, a perfect time to fire up the grill. And we hope that you'll come join the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and our partners, the Kalitzwakayakum Central Labor Council, at our Labor Day picnic this coming Monday, September 4th at Haydu Park in Kalama. We'll have lots of hot dogs and hamburgers for you there. Bring the whole family and help us celebrate the working people who make America run. You can find all the details at our website, swwaclc.org. And, you know, we have a lot to celebrate this year, folks. Did you see the latest polling showing that a full two-thirds of Americans support unions and all the working people standing up and hitting the strike line? We're seeing more and more people wake up to the fact that the labor movement isn't just something those people are part of. It's something they can be a part of, too. As excited as we are to welcome the new members into the movement, though, we thought we'd take a few minutes to introduce some of those folks to the inner workings of unions. And another way we bring working people together, union conventions. Now, I know that sounds really boring, but actually, they can be really fun and they can be very important. They happen every few years, and a lot of them have been happening this year. So. What are conventions? Why do labor organizations take the time to gather in one spot? What do they do and who are they for? To answer some of these questions, we're joined by Joshua Eaton, a member of Washington Federation of State Employees, Local 313. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Happy to be here. And Kevin Lux. Kevin's a member of IBEW Local 48, and he's also the Secretary Treasurer of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Thanks for being here, Kevin. Thank you, Harold. Thanks for doing these podcasts. Uh, your work here is priceless. Uh, it's not priceless. You pay me. But we're not going to talk about that. See, he's the secretary treasurer, folks, so he knows all about how much I get paid. It's not enough. But we're going to talk about these things called conventions. Now, Kevin, you've been in the labor movement for a while. You've been to a few conventions. Is, is that right? That is correct. Can you give me an idea of what the last convention was that you attended? I'll do you one better. I'm going to a convention in the middle of September and at the end of September. Middle of September will be the Oregon AFL-CIO convention in Bend. At the end of September, it'll be the Oregon Building Trades Convention in Cane Falls. So... Even though you're secretary treasurer of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, you're still attending conventions across the border in Oregon. Absolutely. You know, we are working to live in Southwest Washington, but me, I actually work, as so many do, in Oregon. 
That is kind of a feature of Southwest Washington. It's a great place to go home to, isn't it? Now, Joshua, you mentioned that you recently attended your first convention. That is correct. Yes, I recently attended my first convention at the Washington State Labor Council Convention. And I'm also slated to go to a convention coming up in October. I'll be heading to the statewide policy convention, and I could not be more excited about that. And ironically enough, I don't go home to Southwest Washington. I go to work in Southwest Washington. I come home to Portland. That bridge goes both ways, and you both get stuck in traffic. So, Kevin, Josh, what are conventions? I think a lot of people, when they hear the term convention, they have this idea from the 1960s where a bunch of salesmen get together in Las Vegas and uh, they're supposed to be doing business, but they're actually gambling and drinking and having a good time. What is the point of a convention? I had no idea what I was walking into on my first one. Um, And I don't think I've ever been to an event for adults that was so full of excitement and passion and people standing behind and standing with one another. And to hear people congratulate one another on contracts and hear reports that things that unions are doing and members that are signing up, it was almost like a pep rally for the support we're getting and the work that we're doing. And I've never experienced anything like that in my working life where I went to quote unquote, a work meeting, I would, cause that, I would mean, I would consider this part of the work that I do is, is the work that I get to do with the union and having it be celebrated across so many different unions and so many different labor industries. It was really phenomenal. So a convention is an opportunity to celebrate the work that you do. Kevin, because you have been to a few more conventions, can you give the audience kind of a uh, 60,000 foot view, you're a pilot, you know what that looks like, of the purpose of a convention. Why do labor organizations have conventions? Well, I think it serves to take care of a number of purposes. Number one purpose is to be able to bring people together from across the state or across the region or cases of our national conventions, nationally or even internationally. The ability to be in the same room at the same time has great effects. But also, too, it's not just that we can get together because there's lots of groups that get together, but they don't actually get anything done. And at conventions, is our opportunity to have resolutions passed of all sorts of different types. And every so often, we actually change our constitutions at conventions and elect new leadership as well. Yeah, the resolution piece to me was crazy. So the first two days were kind of what I talked about as far as reporting in and talking about what different unions and different movements are doing. But then talking about the resolutions put forward to the Washington State Labor Council and then actually having a voice in whether or not the statewide Labor Council would support them was amazing. We keep talking about these things, resolutions. What are those? Your resolution is something that we resolve to do. It may or may not affect any change, but we sure are resolved to do something. And then they're usually caused by extenuating circumstances that cause us to action. And they are our greatest hopes and aspirations for making change in the world. So just for example, I think at this latest Washington State Labor Council convention, there was a resolution to support my union, SAG-AFTRA's strike against the producers. 
you're saying that that is a statement of the values that that organization says they're going to uphold? Absolutely. And this goes uh, across different labor unions, and it also can include our statements about policies going on across America. In fact, the state labor councils, both Washington and Oregon, in their history, passed resolutions back in the 40s opposing all sorts of nasty racist uprisings that were occurring at the time and definitely affecting workers on the job and outside the job at home. So these resolutions guide the activities of a lot of organizations. Can you think of an example of a resolution that helped to shape the activity of an organization like the Washington State Labor Council or even your own unions? Well, I think specifically we have the resolution for child welfare right now currently, which is the vote of no confidence for Ross Hunter that the Washington State Labor Council got behind and fully supported at this year's convention. Talk a little bit more about that, Josh. Sure. Ross Hunter is the secretary over child welfare and juvenile rehabilitation services. Since 2018, the Washington Federation of State Employees has been working with Ross Hunter to try and address safety issues, staffing issues, retention issues. He has willingly ignored staff injuries that are happening on a nightly, weekly, daily occurrence at kids who are out of placement, staying in hotels. He is aware of our lack of placement resources. He is aware of our placement crisis. He's aware of our uh, substance abuse crisis, our fentanyl crisis, and he has been slow to interact with any of those things. He's worked to pass legislation that doesn't work in the field. And as the Secretary of Child Welfare and Juvenile Rehabilitation Services, he's taken no steps to implement policies and trainings uh, to have his staff up and ready to go for things like that. For instance, House Bill 1227, which totally ratifies how we're doing child welfare, what it takes to remove a child from their parents' care, weighing the harm of removal. He knew about that House Bill two and a half years ago and made no steps to get his employees up to speed and trained and ready for that House Bill that he allowed to affect his staff without any preparation. And he's not addressing ongoing safety issues it's created. As a result of that, WUFSI is contacting all their union members, requesting they sign a petition for a vote of no confidence for Ross Hunter as our secretary so that we can take that to Governor Jay Inslee. Um, Because Secretary Ross Hunter is the secretary in an appointed position, What we are going to do is go to Governor Jay Inslee and tell him 66% of your statewide union members have a vote of no confidence in this man and see him running child welfare and juvenile rehabilitation services into the ground. And we need change, Jay, and we need you to make change now. And so because of the backing from the Washington State Labor Council, we are really focused even more energy on phone banking and signing up new members and just making people aware of the issue. Now, Kevin, you talked about how constitutions were amended at these conventions as well. We're not talking about the U.S. Constitution here, are we? No, not at all. Our various labor organizations have their own constitutions. In fact, did you know that the AFL-CIO wasn't always the AFL-CIO? Wait, what do you mean? So the AFL and CIO used to be separate organizations. And for Washington State, we had the uh, Washington State Federation of Labor. And it was at the July 12th, 1957 convention in Seattle, Washington, where there was the merger of the AFL and CIO for the state of Washington. So 
some big things can happen at these conventions, it sounds like. You're talking about merging two organizations. That's got to be a little contentious, right? I mean, even in our modern conventions, not something as big as merging two major labor federations, you can probably find some conflict. How do conventions deal with conflict over these issues? So with resolutions, when they are proposed, they get sent off to different committees. It works out a whole lot better for that resolution to go to a smaller committee where it can be really hashed out, refined, before it gets sent off to the floor, usually the next day. In these committees, people can have the most candid conversations. It's a lot faster and more efficient and a lot friendlier. And then when things actually go to the floor in front of the whole body, then everybody has a chance to weigh in on things, have their voices heard. It sounds like what you're saying is this resolution is going to go into a small group of people. That's a committee. And the, everybody's going to have their say in the committee. And then once they've hashed things out, it goes to the full convention. And there we're not talking about a small group of people. We're talking about probably hundreds of delegates from various constituencies. Then you say everybody can have their say. Now, that sounds like that would take a long time. If you're talking about a room full of hundreds of people, if everybody has their say on each individual resolution, how the heck do you get anything done? Great point, Harold. Uh, it's Everybody has their say in, in theory and in practice as well, kind of. So the standard practice is that people line up at two different microphones, people to speak in favor of the resolution and people to speak against the resolution. And eventually, people are just repeating what other people have said before, at which point someone will usually come up to the microphone and say, I would like to call for the question, to which it's up to everybody in the room to decide, are we done listening to arguments or do we want to hear more? At that point, it goes up to a vote and we decide whether we are done hearing arguments, we can make up our mind, or perhaps there's something more that hasn't yet been said, and it can continue on. But usually by then, the debate is pretty well settled and it's time to just vote. So Josh, I gotta say, this sounds really procedural, right? People go to one microphone, they go to another microphone, they call for the question, they vote. This was your first state labor council convention. Was this as boring as it may sound to some people? No, 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 no. It was magical. In a sense of like the procedure itself was beautiful. To hear people speak for or against these resolutions was anything but boring and procedural. I mean, you saw people get out there and pour their heart and their stories into the microphone. Uh, and, and that was alone just beautiful to hear people's stories and where they're coming from and why they're asking for support against or for this resolution. And I myself got to speak for our resolution for DCYF with a vote of no confidence for Ross Hunter. It was an exceptional feeling to be able to talk about the work I've been doing with the UMCC, with my union, the work I've been doing with Ross Hunter in front of 200 plus union members from all different kinds of labor councils that all voted to support our resolution. Like that was so powerful to me. And I would say anything but procedural. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of solidarity in that room. And that's a word that I think a lot of people are learning 
for the first time, solidarity. But that idea of people standing up together for something, whether it's an individual resolution or just unions coming together and standing up for unions, for each other, for the labor movement. Oh, absolutely. People can be disagreement on particular resolutions and the content of them. Now, if we all agree, then what's the point of having the convention? And I think that's what really brings us back all together from beginning to end. As much as we may disagree on the small stuff, we agree that we're stronger together. So with the conventions and having Robert's Rules behind us, uh, it really keeps things on track. If there's just a group of friends, you don't need any real structure to be able to chit-chat around the water cooler. You have a group of a dozen people around the dinner table. Well, maybe you want to take turns and be more polite. If you have a room full of hundreds of people actually discussing business, that structure helps keep things moving. We still have feelings, and sometimes that can get in the way. But at the end of the day, the meeting is going to end at some time, at which point we can all go back to our homes. The hope being that we go home happy and feeling more connected than we were before. This convention that Joshua is talking about wasn't taking place at home, right? Joshua, you had to go to a different city. And I think at a lot of these conventions, Kevin, you're talking about going to Klamath Falls here later on this month. You don't just get to go home afterwards. You're going to be there for two, three days. So it sounds like there's a lot of work during the day with these committee meetings and resolution votes on the floor. What happens afterwards? I mean, is that where the fun happens? Is there still work to be done after the session closes? When it comes to these resolutions, we want to have a smooth process. And Sometimes that can just naturally happen in the committee meetings. Sometimes that can happen just naturally on the convention floor. But sometimes it takes some side conversations, some one-on-ones, some heart-to-hearts to be able to work out the details. And what's really nice is that people can put aside differences and come up with agreements on language and meanings and intents and purpose that really gets back to what matters most, and that's the members who we're representing as delegates to mention in the first place. Yeah, I had some really unique conversations with several different people the first night we were there. There was a karaoke night and uh, great food, buffet food, drinks, and I sat with a teacher and he was getting ready to retire and shared his story and his journey through the union over the last 45 years. That was really interesting, being able to then hang out with my other delegates from my local union that were up there. We had two other delegates that were up there. was super fun. And then we also got to meet people running for city council, people running for attorney general. And there were some other um, potential representatives there that were there just to meet us as delegates to get to know us. And so being able to share our stories, where we're coming from, and what our needs are as workers and union members to our potentially elected officials is very powerful. So it sounds like there's a lot of work, but there's also a fair amount of play. And that can still be work, but it can also be a great way to build community and get to know each other. 
since it was your first convention, Josh, how did it feel as you were leaving to go back home? What was your big takeaway? I was so excited. Um, well, first of all, I, I haven't been a part of the union all that long. I think it's been about a year. And I think within the first year of any new union's uh, membership, they should go to a convention. Like they, they should go to a convention because they get this, like we talked about earlier, the 60 foot view of what the union's doing. And I don't know that it necessarily needs to be the labor council convention or the policy convention that I'm going to next month or whichever conventions Kevin going to, but some sort of convention where they can see what the greater whole of the union and the impact of what they're doing is. I walked away super excited to go back to my local union to talk about all the things that I learned, to report back to my local office. I just don't think we get there alone in our local unions. I, I, I think specifically to the resolution supporting the vote of no confidence for Ross Hunter. I don't think that my local union or my sister union, 889, up in Region 4 for Department of Children, Youth, and Families, that we could have accomplished this vote of no confidence without the backing of other unions, without the support of other state employees who are union members, because it's not going to be enough for us to get 66% of our workforce. We're going to need 66% of union members. And we wouldn't get there without the Labor Council and couldn't be more appreciative of it. I mean, it was just... It was exciting. It was exciting to leave. And I had no idea what I was getting into when I walked in there. So, Josh, you have only been a part of your union for around a year. So you don't have to be like an officer in your union or somebody who's been there for 10 or 15 years to go to a convention? Most conventions in the labor movement just ask that the body who sends you can just certify that you are a member in good standing. And you could be a member in good standing after a month, or you could be a member in good standing for many, many years. Different conventions may have different requirements, but um, refer to those as you will. I think the more that folks can see and understand about how the process works, I think the better. This is all open. And as members, you're a part of the bigger body. And as, as much as somebody wants to get involved, I think they should have the opportunities and avenues to do so. I think for a newcomer, it can be intimidating. There's lots of rules and there's process to follow and so many new faces, but I can figure it out. You can figure it out. Please be a part of it. Well said. Thank you, Joshua Eaton, Washington Federation of State Employees, local 313 member and first time delegate to this year's Washington State Labor Council Convention, and Kevin Lux member of IBEW Local 48 and Secretary-Treasurer of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Thank you, Harold. Thank you. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. And don't forget to join the Southwest Washington and the Cowlitz-Wakayakum Central Labor Council at their Labor Day picnic this Monday at Haydu Park in Kalama. Unless, of course, you're listening to this after Monday. It's a podcast. You never know when people are going to listen to it. But if you're listening before Labor Day, join us. And if you're listening outside the Southwest Washington region, you can bet there's a Labor Day picnic happening close to you. Take a look at aflcio.org slash Labor Day to find your Labor Day picnic and ask some of the union members there about the stuff we talked about on this episode.
I think you'll find that union members love to talk about the inner workings of their unions and to get to know other working people better. It's like Josh was talking about. Talking to people, getting to know their stories. That's what the labor movement is about. We're all working people. Whether you're a social worker, an electrician, or an actor like me, union members know we're all one big family, and that's why we stand up for each other. That's what solidarity means. That's also why this podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at swwaclc.org. Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWWACLC. And, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. And while you're at it, give us five stars or check the voting ballot for the resolution or whatever your podcast platform of choice gives you to let people know you like what we're doing here. One last thing, folks. Like we were talking about before. A lot of this convention stuff, a lot of these rules can seem kind of dry and constraining when people want to just hit the streets. They just want to march and go on strike. But there's a reason they exist. And Kevin hit the nail on the head. The reason we have these rules is to get things done. Because we could get bogged down in the arguments that we have with our fellow working people, with our fellow union members. But that kind of structure is there to let everybody have their say and then move on and then get something done. Look, everybody has an opinion and everybody should be free to express their opinion. But eventually you have to get beyond that and you have to come up with a course of action. And that's what the labor movement, what our unions are all about, is hearing everybody's opinion and then coming up with a plan and following through on that plan, whether that plan is in the political realm through a no confidence vote, whether that plan is a work action, a work stoppage, even a strike, or whether that plan is to modify the constitution of our own organization to make things better. So as you get together this Labor Day with your fellow working people, celebrate the workers, but celebrate the workers who've come together to get something done. Whether that's merging organizations, fighting for the eight-hour day, or just having the courage to sign a union card and hold a union election. We'll see you soon.